Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, my name is Kaylee, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Um, I'm really excited for today's conversation, and we have a guest that we've had on in the past um, back. So I'm so excited to be having on our special guest today, Jolie Vigers. Jolie is the founder of Wellbeing Coaching. She's been coaching clients to gain confidence in their financial journeys since 2018. She works with professionals eager to gain financial independence by teaching, cheering, and being an accountability partner. I love it. And um, when we had you on the last conversation, we talked about how it would be lovely to have you on again and talk about fire, which is all about what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, maybe just to start for any of anyone who hadn't, you know, heard you on the first episode that you're on. And it, again, it's a really good episode. I highly recommend it. It's all about money mindset. It was one of my earlier episodes. You have to kind of go back in the archives. Um, but maybe to start, Jolie, can you just share a little bit about what you do and a bit about what brought you to the work you're doing now? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me back. This is so fantastic. I love to talk about money things and normalizing it and, you know, putting this out there that it doesn't have to be so scary. So thank you for having this kind of a, a platform and a medium to be sharing those different ideas and uh, normalizing these conversations. So thank you for having me here to talk about this again today. Um, so I started out my career, I knew in high school that I wanted to be an accountant. And so that's what I did. And I did that for like 20 years. In fact, I still do it a little bit on the side. So um, that's good. But I also got to the point where I recognized with all of my volunteer work that I really love working with the people. And so from there, I decided to start my financial coaching business. And so I took some courses and, you know, starting this whole entrepreneurial journey has been an adventure in itself and yeah so I started in 2018 so I've been working with uh, mostly single ladies and couples and most of my work is done private one-on-one -on -one coaching but I also do group coaching and yeah you can find me everywhere at well-being coaching that's being spelt like jelly beans because I'm a bean counter yes and um, I actually talked to that woman this morning who had worked with you and I was like, oh, small world. And I'm like, Jolie is amazing. And she just said how much value she got out of the experience and how she just, how she really loves that there is this community um, of professionals emerging that are really out there to support women feeling comfortable in this realm of finances. And that just made me all like happy inside because that's exactly, Yay! you know, yes, what I do and what you do. And that there is, you know, these, these people that are emerging that we really see the, the benefit and we want to help women. So they're not in that position to think, um, you know, that, that it's stressful or it's hard or, you know, that, that money isn't something that like, it's just been kind of, I guess, historically, maybe more male dominated. And so for women to really mm -hmm. start feeling comfortable and owning their 
part in the space too, is just really exciting. So I love the work you do, Julie. Um, and yeah, so let's just get started. We're chatting fire today and it's, I I'm very intrigued by the whole concept. And personally, I didn't really even know about it until a few years ago when someone came to my office to meet with me and she started talking about it and what it was. And I was so interested that after our meeting, I went and kind of did more research and I bought some books about it and I love it. Like, I think it's so interesting. So I wanted Julie, you to come on and talk more about it. Cause I know you, you've done a lot of kind of work in that space and you're very familiar with with it. So to share with our listeners who don't know what fire is a little bit more about what it is. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's start with that. What is it all about? All right. So fire stands for financial independence, retire early. So this is a catchy phrase for sure, but that doesn't mean that people weren't doing this like 50 years ago, living this lifestyle. Uh, They just didn't have the name associated with it. And, you know, to be honest, that's kind of how my husband and I have been doing our lives too, before it, you know, had this catchy fire associated with it. Um, It is really about this lifestyle and it's less and less to do with retiring early and more and more about options and having that financial independence to be able to choose different things with your life, whether that is to quit working or to change how you're working. um, That's what you can decide once you reach that point, essentially, right? Um, But that's really what the FIRE um, movement is about. And then to add to that, there's also the FIRE community that is also really important because that's a lot of people that are tuning in now to say, oh boy, I better get a better handle on my finances. And so then, you know, they'll come across some of the uh, more basic personal finance people and all of that. And then they'll get down this rabbit hole of what is this fire concept? And it is so amazing to find a whole community of people who are not necessarily retired, haven't reached their fire number, but who are on this journey together. And so it could be complete newbies all the way to people that retired by the time they were 30, or it could be people that are older and are still just trying to um, get all their finances in order and keep tweaking things to improve. I love it. I love that. And you're right. That community is such a big part of it. Um, There is so much material out there in groups and things like that. And I think that's such a valuable piece like that a community because it's having an accountability partner or partners and people around you going through that as well so you can share information and and talk about it and have goals because when we think about self-growth and personal development it's about you know writing down goals and and working towards them and achieving them the same is true with money but oftentimes people don't do that they don't pay attention to that. They don't really sit down and say, these are my money goals. This is what I'm going to do to get towards it. So is there like different, I know there's kind of, or I've heard that there's different versions. Cause I guess just in the like basic sense, it's like you said, financial independence, retire early. Um, so if you stick to that, it's, you know, very much you're on this path and you're retiring like very early, like we're talking thirties or even forties that you're full on retired. But what kind of other versions are there for people that maybe that seems overwhelming or if they feel like it's they're beyond that age or something like that? 
Mm -hmm. So, well, let's just back up just a little bit, because what does it mean to actually achieve fire? Well, what that means is once you have enough investments, generally, this is often thought about in stock market investments, but could also include real estate investments and business investments and all that too. But once your investments are spinning off enough income for you to cover your expenses. So once you're, I'll talk about it like your stack of money, once that big stack of money in the bank is big enough that it's going to grow and you can cover your living expenses off of that, then you have essentially achieved FIRE or your FI number, okay? So it's very technical math. Uh, that's how a lot of these FIRE people are. They're very technical, number crunching to get to figure out what this is, but it's actually very simple. So we don't know exactly what we're going to spend in retirement. We can think about what we spend right now. So let's just assume that we're going to spend the same that we spend now when we're old. Okay. So, and let's say that that's $40,000 a year. So according to the Trinity study has designed this 4% rule. And so what that says is you need 25 times your, what you want to spend, that's the big stack of cash that you need in your bank, okay? So for $40,000, you take 40,000 times 25 is a million bucks, okay? So this is how you're gonna work it backwards to say, okay, if I want to spend $40,000 a year when I'm old, I need to have a million bucks in the bank. Easy math, I like that, right? So if you wanna spend 80,000, you need 2 million bucks in the bank, right? And so that's kind of just the very most basic level of, you know, what that fire number is and how we achieve that. But like I said, there's so many different ways to do that. You might have a rental property that is giving you $2,000 a month, right? And so that's $24,000 less that you need from your stack of cash that's in the bank. Yes. Right. So then you can take 40,000 minus 24 and, you know, keep working those numbers. Everybody's situation is going to be different. Everybody's going to spend a different amount. Right. And, but that's really the crux is to say, once you have income generating assets that will cover your expenses, you're golden. At that point, you can choose to say, I'm going to retire. I'm going to officially be F-I-R-E financially independent, and I'm going to retire early. Or you can say, you know what? I love my job. I'm going to keep doing it. Or I'm going to work part-time. Or I'm going to find a different job that really lights up my passions better now, right? Yeah, I love it. I love that breakdown. And you're right. It's really, it's that financial independence. It's the freedom element of it. It's not dictating, okay, now you must retire. It's just no. saying you've done the work, you're there, you've achieved what, you know, you've grown that stack of money and now you can, or you have a lot of flexibility. You can go, you know, move somewhere else and, and do volunteer work or contract work. Or, um, so it's just that, that idea of freedom, which I love. Cause it's, when we go through kind of a values exercise when it comes to money, which I think is very important something for me, of course, it's freedom. Like that's what money means to me and what I want to achieve from it. So this, that whole idea of it is just creating that freedom. 
um, and creating it earlier than that traditional sense of thinking we have to be in our 60s or or even freedom 55, that it can be earlier um, if we do the work to get there. So um, I love your breakdown too, of people understanding the amount. I think what, like what I find people really struggle with is getting that number. Um, so what would you suggest about that? Like getting that, you know, what do I spend or what am I going to spend? I think people maybe overthink that one too, but is there any kind of tips you would give to people to get that number? Cause that's really the work they have to do too, is getting that number in their mind of what that is that they need to, um, have that's going to be spinning off that income. Uh, and again, this is so individual to every client, every couple, because, you know, I, I know people that can live off of $25,000, $30,000 a year, right? So they don't need $5 million in the bank, right? Um, but some people do want to live a much more lavish lifestyle once they retire. And so it all comes down to your values and your needs and your wants, right? So where I would start, though, is to say, well, this is my current spending, Okay, so this is not your income. This is what your current spending is. So that doesn't include any of your savings and investments, that kind of thing, right? Um, and then say, okay, and if that's, we'll say $60,000, great. Um, but you're also paying a mortgage. And in the timeline, you might be like, hey, but my mortgage will be paid by the time I want to retire. And so you can take that whole cost out of that $60,000, right? And so then if it's, I don't know, again, $2,000 a month, then that's $24,000 less that you need. And so there are a zillion variables here, right? Even when you think about, you know, child costs, right? So feeding kids, childcare costs, um, even RESP money, buying shoes for your kids three times a year, right? All of those things you won't have when you're old and retired, right? And when I say old, that just means older than now, because I, I have clients that have retired at, you know, 35, right? And so we just call that all old <laughs> regardless, because retirement, again, is not an age, right? It's once you've hit that stage with your money, that you can confidently and safely um, do that. Okay. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And I think just spending the time and like you said, looking at what you spend right now and going through that. So that's, you know, a, a budget or getting that some of that perspective. And it's something I think we don't love doing, but it is well worth your time because it's going to help you create the ultimate number of what that, that stack needs to be. Like you said, it's different for everyone and it's going to help you understand what that number is for you. Um, what about, is there like, I love the idea of this too, because it's very much engaging young people in getting mm -hmm. started and starting early, um, which is fabulous. But what about for people that maybe are later on in life and are listening to this, you know, is it too late or what can they do to still kind of achieve these goals? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, it's never too late because really, and this goes back to your question that you asked earlier about, you know, what can we learn and share amongst each other? Well, number one, it doesn't all have to be the ultra frugal people that can do this, right? Because like, I'm not ultra frugal. I don't want to be. Right. So 
but it's finding that balance of things that mean something to you that really matters, but then really getting efficient on all of the things that don't matter. And so in that, we, we can share all kinds of resources and ideas and suggestions and, you know, life hacks, if you would, um, on how to get better value from the money that you do have. So whether you're starting at 20 or you're starting at 60 to say, oh man, I need to get better with this. Awesome, awesome. It's never too late to get better, right? And so it's always this continuous learning and sharing um, among everybody because we're all on this journey. And so that's the great part of the communities is in talking about it with others to say, oh, that's how you did it? I didn't even realize that was an option, right? And then you can go and tell 10 friends. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like, it's like a secret exclusive club that you can't be a part of if you're not, you know, young or have a certain amount of money. It is this place, like a safe place to get ideas and collaborate. And I mean, ultimately anyone can benefit from these conversations. Like you said, it's just way, finding ways to be more efficient with our money. Um, finding ways if you find yourself saying like I don't know where all my money goes and I I I don't want to keep kind of going on this track right I want to start working towards my goals then absolutely it's it's probably perfect community for you to be a part of and learn from and it doesn't mean that we have to be like you said ultra frugal because that's some of the vibe I was getting to and I was like oh I'm not ultra frugal so I'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) but but it is eye-opening to at least see some of those things, right? You know, like even when I talk with my clients, when we're going over um, what their spending analysis was and, you know, we see their groceries and whatever, you know, just to say to them, hey, there are some people that set a target. I'm not saying that everybody has to do this, but some people set a target for $2 per person per meal, right? And so that comes across like, cheap compared to what most people spend on their groceries. Um, But if you say, oh, that's a new way of thinking about it. And I'm going to challenge myself for the next week just to see, can I plate a meal every day this week that's $2 or less, right? And so it's just that extra little push, that little challenge to gamify it, to have a little bit of fun with it, to say, oh, I'm going to think about this differently because people are actually doing this and, you know, they're not eating just rice and beans. Yeah. Yeah. It's working and it doesn't have to be that way. Well, I know there's a whole community on like Instagram and I follow a lot of people and um, just seeing the ideas that people come up with and just even the concept of no spend days, that was like new information to me. No spend days. I was like, Oh, no spend days. Like as just as simple as it is a day that you spend nothing. And I was not having any no spend days. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to have a couple a week. And then it was, you know, having even more of those and more of those. And I felt really good at first. I was like, that's near impossible. And then you try it and you're like, oh, this worked. And it felt good too. Like I felt like I was, you know, I achieved this goal I set out to do today. And, um, so doing more of it and you're right, just finding creative ways or looking at things differently instead of thinking, oh, you know, this is the way it always has to be. And there's just an endless amount of expenses and I, it's impossible to get ahead and just challenging yourself to try these new things. Mm-hmm. And there are so many resources online. You know, if you're a little bit, 
hesitant to start to be like, I don't know about these crazy money people. I don't think I want to like go full on into this. There are so many resources online where you could learn and, you know, whether it's on YouTube or blogs or, you know, Instagram accounts all, all over the place. There are so many resources to check in to say, oh, well, what does this actually mean? You know, you can read up more about what is the 4% rule and is that still legit? Maybe it should be 3%. Maybe it should be 5%. Everybody's different. There's lots of things that you can toggle, but, you know, even if you want to um, do a Google search on fire calculator, right? There's lots of resources online to dig into that and say, oh, well, hopefully we can, you know, achieve that, right? This is to be motivating, not like a, a depressing thing to be like, oh my gosh, it says I'm going to need $2 million and I've got 20 bucks. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to ever make that happen. But it just is to inspire you to make different choices if that's really what you want the most. Yeah. Yeah. If something like freedom and, and achieving this earlier on is something that speaks to you and resonates more with you than thinking that retirement's just going to be, you know, whenever you're, you're able to, or when, you know, when you're, when your health or something like that dictates it, if you want to change that around, then doing any of the research into this and making changes, um, is going to have a massive impact. What are some, are there like a few sort of like tips or like lessons or anything like that, that just come from fire that anyone can benefit from or use that you would say, or. Um, so this is the thing. Number one thing I say, the problem with people in their money is they're simply not paying attention. So that would be always my number one thing is start paying attention to your money. So whether this is your monthly spending or if it's your investments, what are you buying? Is it doing well? Is it a good fit for you? right? All of those kinds of things. But also, I think part of it is to be flexible. Because as much as we can say, oh, I'm going to spend $40,000, that means I need a million bucks in the bank. Okay, fine. But you might get to the point where you're like, you know what, I've got 800,000 in the bank. And I'm going to just take my foot off the gas a little bit. And so instead of, you know, so much focus on investing and savings rate, which of course is huge in the FIRE community, is to calculate, okay, if you're bringing in X amount of money, how much are you actually saving and investing out of that? But you can choose whenever suits you to say, you know what, I can just you know, take my foot off the grass a little bit and say, you know what, instead of a savings rate of 50%, maybe I'm gonna go for 30%, right? And I will still hit my targets, right? So, um, it's all about finding that perfect balance for your life, really. So, and, you know, essentially that's what my husband and I have done for me. Like when we started, we bought our home here and then we were pregnant with babies and all of that. We did that intentionally. We were living off of one income intentionally because we wanted to have those options, right? So I did that for eight years. And then I went back to work full-time, part-time, whatever. And now very part-time with my business, right? Because we have that option, because we are what they would call coast FI, which means we have enough money in the bank. We don't need to add any more to hit our million bucks, right? I'm just using that as a, <laughs> the example, of course, right? But 
just to say, okay, if I don't add anymore, by the time we decide that we want to retire, it will hit the million bucks and we'll be good. Right. Yep. And of course we're going to have safeties and all that built in there, but really it's comes across as finding that perfect balance for you and being really intentional about what you want the most right so that means sometimes you're going to change your game plan so it might be I need a million bucks and then you might get there and be like I'm still not too confident I think I want to hit 1.2 fine then you have that option right yeah so yeah yeah I love that so paying attention is so key and so important. And if anything, you know, that's what this whole movement is doing is really just bringing an awareness and paying attention to our money, um, which I think is your best bet with money. Like we need to give it our attention. We need to give it our time. We spend so much time earning it, but how much Mm -hmm. time are we giving back to it and and giving it that attention Um, and that flexibility I love. and this, it's just this empowering it's, it's that we become sort of the create the creators of what we want to happen with our money rather than letting our money sort of dictate the life we can have. It's like, no, let's turn that around. I am responsible. I am in the driver's seat. I get to choose what this is going to look like. And that's what I love when we're talking about money is instead of saying it's happening to me, no, it's, it's happening for you. And what do you want to achieve? Um, you mentioned savings right there. What is the, like, what are the suggested savings rates that they have then for people? Uh, so this is funny. I always joke about this. Like back when I was a kid, the experts said, save 10% and you are golden. They were very confident, right? 10%, you are golden. And then I don't know. Now they're probably like, oh, save like 15, 20 and you should be good. There's a little bit less confidence there, right? Um, and this is from every paycheck, right? If you invest that money for your retirement, for whenever you're old, whatever that looks like. Um, and you know, when it comes to the fire community, there's never, never too much, right? I mean, some of them would say, oh yeah, you should strive for a 50% savings rate. Okay, sure. Um, you know, I, I've had a client that has an 87% savings rate. Wow. So, I mean, it's wild. It's wild. But some of my clients are in debt repayment mode and their savings rate is terrible, right? It's going to be very small. It's not going to be the 15 to 20%, but that's okay because they're in debt repayment mode right now. The key is they're now thinking about their options. They're thinking about fire to say, oh, I do want to be responsible for myself later. And I want to have those decisions, whether I'm retiring at 40 or 50 or 70, I still want to be in control of that. And so what the actual rate is, which is also very tricky because there are a lot of moving pieces that can go into that. So if I say, oh, my savings rate is 30% and you know, yours is only 25 while I'm doing much better? Mm, Not necessarily, because maybe I included the principal pay down in my house, right? So don't compare to what other people are talking about. But if you're starting out slow and you've got a 5% savings rate right now, then I would encourage you to try for 7%. Can you notch it up just that little bit and let it ride for three months and see, did you really notice that money gone? No, 
I want you to up to eight or nine percent, right? Just keep rounding it up, keep challenging yourself, right? Make this a game to say, can I hit 10% by next year? Like how fantastic. So it's really less about that number and comparing that number, just like to talk about your FI number to say, oh, it's the million bucks. It's less about that. And it's more about your growth and your progress in your own journey. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And just, again, it comes down to just being aware and having that savings goal and, and doing something. And then you're right. Seeing if little bits, you can kind of increase it. And remember like savings is for you, right? It's not, it's mm-hmm. you giving your money to you. It's the idea of paying yourself first. That's what savings is. It's not, not supposed to be like boring or like killing our fun or something like that. Cause it's yours. <laughs> it's, it's a special bucket that's for you. So any amount you can increase it, know that that's going towards you at some point in the future, right? It's not going towards anyone else. It's your money for you. So, um, any extra you can add to that is important. It's that idea of paying yourself first. And if you read personal finance textbooks or, or just normal books, they're always going to talk about paying yourself first. That being one of the most important pieces. Um, I love that. Um, you talk about some of the resources, like there is so much out there about fire. Where would you suggest people start? Like, are there any good books that you would suggest or anything like that? So there are lots that are personal finance related, some that are fire related and everybody's got a different take on it, different tone on it. So I would recommend just snooping around and see what feels right to you, right? So for somebody who's 50 or 60, reading a a really popular blog that's Canadian is Millennial Revolution. And they also wrote the book called Quit Like a Millionaire. I like that book. It's a good one. It is a fantastic book. And but if you're 60 years old, the, the tone and the attitude of that book might be off-putting, right? And so I do find that you have to find what speaks to you, really. And so there are lots of things out there. Um, if, you do, if you're looking specific for Canadian content, that's an easy search, um, whether you're looking for blogs, podcasts, um, I have to give a little shout out to another podcast that I've been on a couple of times called Explorify Canada. So that's about exploring financial independence. And it's all about Canadians for Canadians. So that's another great place to start just to kind of dip your toes into what is all of this fire stuff about, right? Um, There's another really big podcast out of the States called Choose FI. So choosing financial independence Um, and they're, they've been fantastic. And that's actually, you know, when we talk about community, there are lots of local Facebook groups because Choose FI has been very big in building community. And so if you're on Facebook, type in your city and say, um, Choose FI Calgary, for example, right? Even Choose FI Canada. We'll have, of course, a lot more people in it than the Calgary page. Um, but you know, you can search and find people there, build community there. You know, as I was saying, we actually have a meetup uh, scheduled today for our local Calgary group, and 
you might think like, oh, a bunch of like total number nerds, super frugal, whatever. Nope, nope. You would never know by walking up to us to say like, oh yeah, she's the, you know, the retired one at 30. I mean, you might guess that because I know they're going to be there and they're younger than me, but you have no idea if it's that or if it's somebody that's new on their journey or where they are. But we're all here just to talk about this whole life improvements, right? And having your money aligned helps your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so important and there's nothing wrong with, yeah, wanting wealth and and wanting to achieve that, but there's nothing, money is nothing in itself, right? It's all about what it's going to afford us the ability to do. And that's really what it is. It's really getting engaged with what that means to you um, and having those goals and setting out to achieve them because it is very possible with our finances. And I'm sure, like you said, these people, they're very, very mixed group and even income wise, like this doesn't mean you have to make ultra high income to achieve this or to be part of that. That's what also really blew my mind is that it doesn't have to be that you're like achieving, you know, high incomes, um, that you make sure you're, like we said, you don't have to be frugal. It doesn't mean you can't have children, things like that. Like there's flexibility. Um, there's space for everyone in that, in an ability for everyone to do that. Um, and I think that's really changed a lot in the last few years because it really did have the stigma that it was for you know single guys or you know the engineer types or you know really high income earning men that can work hard earn big bank hard and then retire by the time they're 30. Sometimes yes they were some of the big voices early on for example Mr. Money Mustache um, if you look him up online you'll see he's got tons of articles he's one of the pioneers of the whole thing Um, but it doesn't have to be that way and there's getting to be so many more voices out there now to say you know what I understand what it's about and I'm now because I have enough of an understanding and enough money that I'm choosing to do slow FI, for example, right? That's another thing to say, you know what? We know we're gonna hit our number. We don't have to hurry and hit it by the time we're 30. Yes, I love it. And a little bit more about where people can find you. I know you have a Facebook group that you're very active with. Um, it's the, is it the ladies money club? It's called. Uh, yeah. So uh, my company name is wellbeing coaching. So I have that on Instagram and Facebook, of course. Um, and I also have a Facebook group that is all just for women and it's called Canadian ladies money club. And so everything on there is again, very open and supportive to build this community of normalizing these conversations. So, you know, we have all kinds of um, topics every week. We just finished the spring challenge. And, you know, it's just to have a safe place for women to ask questions. You know, we always have questions, you know, what about mortgage rates and savings accounts and where should my high interest savings and, you know, how about my, this um, ETF, anybody in this, what does this look like? What about robo advisors, right? So there's a zillion questions that come up and this is just a really great place to have people that are in your same situation, kind of been there, done that, and they're across Canada right? So you're going to get lots of different opinions about all of that as well. 
Yeah. And you're very, yeah, you're very um, responsive on there and I'm part of it. So I see all of the things going on. I love it. And it's that building a community and a safe space for people to ask questions is amazing. Um, I love it. And so I'll make sure I include all those links in, in the um, show notes as well. Um, anything yeah. else that before we wrap up here that you'd like to leave listeners with or say to listeners? You know, I'm just, number one, if you've made it this far that you've chosen this podcast and you listened all the way through here, like number one, congratulations for taking control of your financial destiny. Really, Uh, that's kind of step one is to say, I'm interested and I want to learn more and that this is part of doing that. So congratulations to you guys for for taking that step on your own. Besides that, you know, I do free consults. If you want to hear more about any of my coaching, it's on my website, easy peasy. It goes straight into my calendar. So pick a time that works for you. No pressure. It's just to hear what's stressing you out and how can I help? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I've heard great feedback. I love hearing about your program. (laughs) So I love everything about it too. Um, So thank you so much, Jolie, for your time. I love this conversation and I hope it brings more of an awareness to people that haven't heard about the concept too, or people that have and wanted to learn a little bit more. Um, It's such an important concept. Again, even if you can just take from it that being in control with your money, the awareness piece, um, trying to strive for, you know, have goals, work towards them, know it's possible to make changes and things like that. Love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much much for having me. Thank you. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you everyone next time. Thank you so much. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.